Good morning, sports fans. This is Garrison Talk Sports here on Anchor. Good Friday morning to you guys. A lot of sporting news to catch up from last night and then as well in today. Let's get started. First, we'll start things off with Thursday night football as the Seattle Seahawks were able to take the win 22-16 over the Arizona Cardinals. The Seahawks, uh, as a result, improved to 6-3 on the season, keeping pace with the red-hot LA Rams. That being said, uh, at what cost did they just win this game? Uh, Dwayne Brown out, uh, left in the second quarter with an apparent leg injury. He got rolled up on a typical left tackle injury. Uh, He's getting x-rays done on his right ankle to see the extent of that injury. So the Seahawks will kind of have to hold their breath and wait. As soon as Dwayne Brown left the game with the injury, Russell Wilson got sacked. So Brown was supposed to be the one solidifying force on that offensive line. And if he's gone for an extended period, that's going to make things difficult. But not only is Dwayne Brown gone, on the defensive end, a really tough blow is Richard Sherman is likely done for the season with a ruptured Achilles tendon. This will be the first time he misses a game in his career. He said he was feeling his Achilles injury bothering him throughout the season since week five. So he thought it was only a matter of time until it finally broke and it finally did on Thursday night football. That brings up an interesting point. Why is Thursday night football a thing? Uh, This isn't just because I'm a Seahawks fan and I'm salty about it. This is in general. Listen to the Seahawks schedule this week. They ended... They ended up falling to the Washington Redskins uh, on Sunday night football. And so they get done with everything at around 1 o'clock in the morning, that is. And then four days later, they have to play another football game. And the human body, in my, in my opinion, is just not, just can't do it. Can't, you know, recover quickly enough to be expected to do you know, two football games in a four-day span. That's just not how it works. And so my personal opinion on this is that Thursday night football should be banned. And that's just out of a health concern. It, it, it wouldn't matter if the Seahawks were playing last night and it were another star that got injured, uh, another all-pro talent uh, that had their season ended. I just think Thursday night football needs to stop Either that, or we need to see the roster sizes increase, giving the giving NFL teams a little bit more flexibility as far as injuries are concerned, or they just need to do a much better job of scheduling who shows up in these Thursday night games. Maybe giving teams a, an entire week off uh, before, uh, or coming off of a bye week maybe, before they play a Thursday night game. So, tough break for the Seahawks. Um, I just don't know if they're going to be able to recover from all these injuries that they've sustained on both sides of the ball, really. So, we're gonna have to, they're going to have to hope the young rookies step up and learn quickly. They've got Jeremy Lane. Shaquille Griffin's had an excellent season thus far, so we'll see what they've got. Uh, Jimmy Graham, also of note, he did have two touchdowns, had some very... Uh, had some very vintage style touchdowns if you say where 
Uh, Russell basically just floated the ball up to him in the end zone like I've been begging for them to do since they got him in Seattle. So that's the encouraging thing to see. Uh, Offensively, they're going to have to lean more on him if Russell Wilson is having to run for his life each and every down with the loss of Dwayne Brown. So uh, things Seahawks can look forward to is trying to establish that run game again, um, which is going to be tough. And hopefully those young rookies will get some valuable experience uh, as the Seahawks continue to try and push for a, a playoff spot. Moving on, uh, the NBA was in action last night. The uh, Pelicans lost to the Raptors by a score of 122 to 118. Drew Holiday with 34 points wasn't enough, obviously. DeMar DeRozan with 33 points. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, 20 points, 15 rebounds. Anthony Davis, 18.7 rebounds. So for the Pelicans, uh, they fall to six and six with the loss. They're ba- you know barely treading water in a, a very tough Western Conference. At what point do they pull the plug and trade either Demarcus Cousins or Anthony Davis? Uh, the they're going to need to do better than going 500 throughout the season to get a playoff spot in a, a crazy tough Western Conference. So it's going to be interesting to see a you know a possible trade or a big trade from the Pelicans to uh, I've heard from a very reliable source, aka super fan or super Celtic fan Josh Stemrick, that the Celtics are keeping a very close eye on the situation in New Orleans, uh, possibly make a blockbuster trade for Anthony Davis or Demarcus Cousins uh, to get them to Boston. Uh, he said he'd prefer Anthony Davis, so we'll we'll see. Uh, elsewhere in the NBA, James Harden led the Rockets to the win over LeBron's Cavs. Uh, in a very good game, came down to the wire, uh, 117 to 114, I believe was the final. James Harden with 35 points, 13 assists, 11 rebounds, another triple double for him as he orchestrates the offense beautifully down in Houston. And LeBron James, 33 points, 7 assists, wasn't enough. He did also have 9 turnovers, and the Cavs will fall to 5-7 and seven on the season. So uh, defensively, they struggled. They could not rebound the ball last night as Clinton Capella was all over the glass. Uh, he also, Clinton Capella, put up the dagger, uh, which was a putback to ice the game against the Cavs. So Cleveland still has a lot to figure out moving forward and as their season continues. Now moving on to sports action today. Uh, The Celtics aim to continue their 10-game win streak tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. I don't see why they can't do that, as the Hornets are coming off a pretty tough loss to the New York Knicks. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and his new-look Bucks travel to take on the Spurs of San Antonio. I'm not 100% sure whether Eric Bledsoe will be active tonight. Again, the, the Bucks traded for Eric Bledsoe from the uh, Phoenix Suns. They sent Greg Monroe and a couple picks over their way. And now they get a young, athletic, and exciting point guard who has the potential to be a, a really a nice fit for this Bucks offense. Now the Bucks look like they're one piece away, maybe, from becoming a contender. I think they should take a look at Joe uh, uh, Okafor, Jalil Okafor, from the 76ers to maybe solidify that front court as they're now a little bit thinner in that area. Um, 
the Oklahoma City Thunder look to end their four-game skid against the L.A. Clippers, uh, led by Blake Griffin. The Thunder, again, losing four straight. They're four and seven on the season. The big three have had trouble integrating themselves or meshing together on offense. Uh, They keep saying the right things in their you know post-game interviews, but and they keep harking back to the Miami Heat of their big three when they went nine and eight through their first 17 games or the Cavs a few years ago when they started 20 and 19 but the difference is those guys had LeBron James and they were in a weaker Eastern Conference uh the the Thunder you know are going up against the Wild West and the potentially an all-time great team with Golden State the way you know that roster is set up uh, even though that pains me to say that. Uh, and in any case, that's that's kind of the look of the landscape of the NBA today. Uh, go Spurs, by the way. Uh, now we move on to college basketball. College basketball is back, ladies and gentlemen. And some games of note. Uh, the number 25 Texas A&M Aggies will be taking on number 11 West Virginia. That is the only top 25 matchup of the day. The Aggies have an impressive front court bolstered by Robert Williams and Tyler Davis. And this is the first time since 2011 the Texas A&M Aggies come in ranked. Uh, they did not make the tourney that year, however, so it's going to be interesting to see how this year pans out for them. The, the one thing they have going for them is they're in kind of a weaker SEC basketball conference where it's usually just Kentucky running the show and then everybody else falls in place. So... We'll have to see how this game goes for them. On West Virginia's side, uh, they come in ranked in the AP poll for the second straight season. Prior to last season, West Virginia had only been ranked in the preseason poll just three times in their history. So, po- or excuse me, Coach Bob Huggins will have his team ready to go. Uh, that being said, they lost a lot of talent from last year's squad. You may remember last year, uh, West Virginia's offense in the half court may not have been, you know, a great thing to see. But what they made up for, or where they made up for that, was with their press defense. They could press teams for a full 40 minutes because they had, they ran 12 men deep in their rotation. Uh, they pressed teams into turnovers, and as a result, they were able to put up a lot of points uh, in, in chunks and bunches. Uh, I remember watching the game from them last year where they took down uh, Baylor, who was a top-five team at that point, in blowout fashion, and Baylor just looked shocked by what they were seeing in West Virginia. Uh, but So again, Coach Huggins plans to pick and choose his battles as far as pressing this year so as to not wear down his roster. Elsewhere across college basketball, again, there's not much, you know, not many games I'm interested in as far as, you know, uh, matchups are concerned. That was the only top 25 game in uh, across the NCAA. One thing I did notice uh, as far as on the schedule, Northwestern, uh, they come in off their first NCAA tourney appearance and win last year and now make their first ever appearance in the preseason AP poll at number 19. I just think that's a really cool thing. Uh, and Chris Collins uh, has this squad 
believing in themselves, excited, and they have a fantastic recruiting class coming in on top of this. So Coach Collins is on the rise. The question is going to be, is he going to keep trying to build up this program or is he going to take a big offer that's going to come his way, which I no doubt which I believe no doubt will happen. That's just the way college basketball works. If a coach has success at a smaller institution, uh, bigger programs take note, and next thing you know, they're gone. So uh, we'll see how that develops. Moving on, let's take a look here. What else I got? College football tonight. Um, people forget college football is still in action, uh, and it's starting to it's starting to heat up as far as the playoff picture and race is concerned. <clears throat> Excuse me. The number nine Huskies uh, take on the Stanford Cardinal uh, again. The Huskies still have their playoff hopes alive, barely. It's kind of on life support right now. Uh, and the thing to lean on for them is their defense. It's statistically best in the nation, albeit it is a very beat up defense. Uh, they've they've suffered a lot of injuries across the board. So they might be a little thinner than last year's defense, but in the end, statistically the best. Uh, my only question is who have they played? Uh, don't get riled up, Husky fans. I still know you guys are a great team, but look at their schedule. They have not played anyone of note. So, uh, and, and the bad part for them is Washington State last week beat Stanford, and now Stanford's not even in the top 25 or playoff or in the playoff rankings either. So that took that hurts Washington's playoff hopes, as now they really can only hope for Washington State to win out. So they come in pretty highly ranked for the Apple Cup, and then you know, assuming Washington wins out, they go to the Pac-12 championship game to take on a, un, a ranked USC team, which they would. Those would be their two quality wins that the committee would have to look at uh, for Washington having a shot at the playoff picture. So what are the keys for the game? If they stop Bryce Love, they win. Plain and simple. Stanford's quarterbacks look terrible. Just downright atrocious. Last week, uh, Costanzo, I think that's his name, uh, he really did not threaten the Cougs' defense at all. So they just loaded the box with eight guys and held Bryce Love to 17 yards on 15 attempts. The only thing that made Bryce Love's day was a 52-yard touchdown run, which was just a missed tackle. So other than that, Washington State's defense held him in check. I look for the Huskies to do the exact same tonight uh, in, in Palo Alto. So we'll see if Stanford can pull off the upset. Unfortunately for them, I just don't think it's possible. And I think the dogs will walk away with this one pretty convincingly. So guys, that's all I got for you today as far as a Thursday night wrap-up and Friday rundown. Um, tune into Facebook as I uh, update uh, some of the best games and some of the top news stories around the world of sports. Uh, that page again, you pick it, spelled exactly like it sounds. Tune in there for uh, predictions, scores, updates, and uh, top news stories. Uh, and tomorrow, I'll do my college football run now. We've got a lot of good games and a lot of games with playoff implications tomorrow. So tune in there for uh, your college football rundown and look ahead at some of the best games uh, that, that day. So really excited for tomorrow. 
Uh, it's always one of my favorite things is just waking up in the morning to college game day. So I hope to bring that to you guys here on Anchor. Uh, you won't be hearing from me for the rest of the day as I will be at PA announcing down at my college from 1 o'clock to 9 o'clock, basically. <laughs> so I'm not really looking forward to that. But in the end, it's money, so why not? Uh, again, tune in tomorrow here on Anchor. And uh, I hope you guys have an excellent Friday. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your days. Thank God it's Friday. Uh, and let's have a gr- ourselves a great weekend of sports, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And again, thank God it's Friday.